Hello, everyone. Um, recording this message on Thursday evening, March 12th at 5 p.m. I uh, just say that in the event that uh, news has changed or developed since then. Um, this is Pastor Ben of uh, City Harbor Church. Um, obviously, with the concern of the coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, we are advising everyone to exercise common sense, good, healthy practices um, in decision-making with um, how you live, how you spend your time and your energy. Um, and we want to make sure that everyone receives spiritual care um, daily um, and weekly um, in relationships. So let us know if there's anything that we can uh, be doing for you. Uh, phone number 410-929-1619, um, 410-929-1619, and the email address info at cityharborchurch.com. Um, we do believe that God gave us the ability to learn all things scientific and medical, and that we should learn from qualified sources of information. It's important to be learning. It's important to be aware. Um, we do also know that until Jesus returns, disease and suffering are part of our broken world. Um, it's a part of the current situation that we are in, and that is going to change. Someday Jesus will return, and there will be an end uh, to that. Um, we also believe that miracle healing is possible with God, that God wants us to pray with faith, and um, also know that this can be scary, all this uncertainty uh, when you see government officials and medical uh, professionals, um, you know, speaking as to what they know and what they don't know um, and making changes in our daily lives. We know that that can uh, be scary. And I think it's good to exercise caution. Um, I think it's good to learn to help um, deal with uh, any fear that we have. Um, that said, Second um, Timothy 1.7 Paul is writing, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to Timothy about leadership and the context of that conversation is serving people. And he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And um, one way of saying that is that fear as a controlling influence in our lives does not come from God. It might come from other sources, but it doesn't come from God. Fear is a controlling influence. And what we also see there is that as each of us individually draw on our personal relationship with God, we can find spiritual strength, power, love, the love of God, the love that comes from God, um, increased ability, an ability to control our thoughts, a sound mind meaning self-control, an ability to control what we're focused on and what we're thinking about. So I think that's possible. So let's pray as we turn uh, to the scripture. God, we thank you that even in times of pain and suffering, even when we face circumstances that are beyond our control, that you are not overwhelmed, God. You are in control. You love us. You are powerful. You are able. So we do ask for healing miracles, God, here and now. And that you would give us wisdom and clarity in how we should respond in this situation. Help us to be good stewards of the resources you give us of the people in our lives, and also the opportunities we will have to have conversations with others, communication with others, to be an encouragement. Help us, God, to not be overwhelmed 
by fear, but God, help us to walk in your love and to receive power from you, spiritual strength from you. Help us to um, control our thoughts, to um, be sober-minded, joyful in life, and focused on you, more focused on you than we are on anything else. So thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today we're in our second part of four parts in a series looking at the question, who is God? And this series is not meant to be exhaustive. Um, It is simply meant uh, to help us look at some questions and line them up with some answers. And we've been going through the Freedom Book in our life groups, which really does bring us to a point of realizing that God doesn't ask us for blind trust uh, in uh, in relationship with him. But instead, he invites us to build trust in him within the context of a personal relationship with him. And so what we're trying to do is to come to a place of relating to God out of delight, not duty. And what that means is falling in love with God by spending time with God, by learning about God, by freely receiving the love of God. So we are moving from an unhealthy focus on ourselves to a healthy focus on God. And so we are looking at the question, who is God? Because I do believe it's important for us to be honest about where we have doubt and not just demand, oh, you have to trust God. No, we should ask the question, who is God? And how can I trust God? And what can I expect from God? And I I think those are worthy, important questions. So today, uh, last week we looked at God as our creator and the implications of that. And today I want to look at um, the concept of God as our provider. And we're going to look at just a few things that God provides for us. One is life. God provides life. Two is salvation. God makes salvation available to us. Three is spiritual strength. Life, salvation, spiritual strength. Four is relationships. And five is the abilities. So, life, salvation, spiritual strength, relationships, and abilities. So, first of all, life. What do I mean by that? Well, I believe that God is the source of life. Yahweh, our creator, our redeemer. Life both natural life, a human life with a, a birth date and a, a, a date of expiration, as it were, uh, natural life, but also spiritual life. And Jesus actually spoke to this, John ten ten. He said, I came to give you life and that to the full. And he's talking about new spiritual life being born again there in that passage. We also see that God inspired John to write about Jesus at the moments of creation. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, just an excerpt from that. God created everything through Jesus, the living word. Nothing was created except through him. And the word gave life to everything that was created. His life brought light to everyone. So there's a common grace that we as humans have, and that is that Jesus is available as the life giver. Jesus is available as the life giver. So God is the provider of life. We should be thankful for that. We should think about it. It should be on a gratitude list, something that when we're having a bad day and have that human moment, 
stop and just, even in your worst day, thank God that you have life. Now, second, God as a provider is God as a provider that makes salvation available. And Jesus spoke to it, John 3.16, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. He also Read about this in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2.8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. And I want to point out that the salvation that is available through Jesus brings with it love. God's agape love and a sense of our identity and purpose. God is the one who provides these things to us. Now, we can trivialize them, ignore them, choose to live in ignorance of them, but what I believe is that when we will make a decision to dig into an understanding of our salvation, our hope will grow, our joy will grow, and our spiritual strength will grow. Spiritual strength. That's the third thing. God is a provider of spiritual strength. And I'm taking that straight from the passage we started off at the beginning with. 2 Timothy 1.7 God has not given us a spirit of fear, timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. There are many scriptures about this, but I believe, and, and really when you go through the Psalms and uh, you read in particular how David talked about the benefits of his relationship with God, what you see is a lot of action words. You see a lot of David connected with God personally in his relationship with God. He was active in it. He was learning. He was memorizing. He was venting. He was praying. He was worshiping. He had times of quiet meditation. He had times of ranting. He had times of emoting. He had times of lamenting. He had times of celebrating. It was an active relationship with God. But what you will also see in the Psalms is that he drew spiritual strength from that relationship with God. This is an important thing that God provides for us. Okay, so life, salvation, spiritual strength is the third one. Number four, relationships. So if God is the source of life, natural and spiritual, that means that God created other people that you get to enjoy being with that you can choose to enjoy being with. God gave life to humans and gave us instructions about how we should relate with each other. Now, trust me, I see the irony that right now today our medical professionals and government officials are talking to us about social distancing to protect us from virus. But I want to just remind us that there are benefits from relationships. Now, let's put a finer point on it. If we are relating to each other as Jesus would suggest, what kind of relationships are those? Let's let's look at that for a second. Jesus spoke to this, Matthew 7, 12, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Well, think about that. If everybody in your life lived by that ethic, how much better would your life be? <clears throat> so I now have choices and an opportunity every day to live in this way. If I live in this way, 
what people can expect out of me when I walk in the room should be better. It should be life-giving. It should be loving. It should be compassionate. It should be empathetic. Uh, But let's get a little bit more detail. Jesus said um, that this is one of the most important things that God teaches. Matthew 22, 39. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, be intentional to show love to others in the same way that you take care of yourself. It seems similar to the golden rule that we heard first. Well, check out this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love. So if we're treating each other as we would like to be treated, and we're making an intentional decision to show love and respect to others, and we're encouraging each other, building each other up, and being positively motivating, not a drag, not a lecture, not trying to fix each other, but being encouraging and loving to each other. Those kind of relationships are a gift. But let's take just a little bit more explanation. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 through 3. Always be humble and gentle. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Wow, these two verses are a mouthful. They are enough in and of themselves for us to consider for a month. We are called, especially as a Jesus follower, to walk with humility. That means a healthy awareness of who God is and then who I am as respect to that. It doesn't mean beating yourself up and self-deprecating, putting, tearing yourself down or being insecure or believing a lie about yourself. No. Humility should be walking with peace. But it also means you don't think of yourself more highly than you should. It also means that you don't fall into an unhealthy amount of focus on yourself first. But there is this mutual love and respect for everybody. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Boy, have I often made the mistake of not being patient with other humans. As a Jesus follower, I've got to know that Jesus has been patient with me, and so I should be patient with others. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So if I'm receiving love from God, I should be motivated to be aware, when I am aware of somebody else's faults, a character defect, a mistake that they repeat in a pattern, I'm going to make room for that. I'm not going to turn it into a huge deal and an offense. I'm not going to be surprised over and over and over, but I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to make room. I'm going to step back and be compassionate to them in that area. And I'm going to make every effort to work towards unity and peace. So that's the kind of relationships that God has endeavored to provide for us, that God is trying to provide for us, those kind of relationships. That's a gift. Now here's here's our fifth one, the last one. Give us a little bit of perspective today. God has also given us, number five, the abilities. And in particular, for now, just going to focus on the ability to earn money. Check this out. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 16 through 18. 
He fed you with manna in the wilderness to humble you and test you for your own good, so you would never say to yourself, quote, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength, unquote. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant. Maybe you've heard that it is God who gives us the ability to earn wealth. Anything that we do in the way of earning a living, vocational identity, abilities to accomplish things, to do things, but to provide for our families and ourselves, that's an ability that God has given you. That's an an ability that God has given you. It's very important perspective. It's dangerous if we say to ourselves, I said to myself, self, you brought yourself here. You provide for yourself. You don't need nobody else. No. God is our creator. God is our provider. Those are things that we must look at when we ask ourselves the question, is God worthy of trust? Or am I just going to relate to God like I relate to other humans who have hurt me, abandoned me, done wrong against me? Listen, God is not human. God has not abandoned you. He has not left you. He is the one who created you with loving design. He is the one who has saved you because he loves you. So, what do we learn from all of this? All this scripture you just laid out, Pastor Ben, what do we learn from this? Here's three simple points that we learn from this. That God as provider, one, God gave us, God gave each of us life, love, and a fresh start. God gave each of us life, love, and a fresh start. It's available to you. You might not be walking in it. You might not be feeling it, but it is available to you. That's what God the provider has done for you. Second, God is provider, okay? Second, we can draw spiritual strength and abilities from God. We don't have to be sick and tired all the time. We don't have to walk in that all the time. There are seasons of that, yes. There are seasons of suffering. There are seasons of illness. But in our spirit, we can draw strength and ability from God. And then third, important perspective we learn here, our opportunities come from God. Our abilities and our opportunities come from God. Here, right now, in this moment, you have an opportunity. And that opportunity came to you from God. You didn't bring yourself into this world. You, you're not the one that accomplished everything that needed to be accomplished in order for you to be right where you are today, listening to the sound of my voice. God has given you the opportunity of this moment. It's so important for us to be aware of that in our perspective. So, what should we do about this? What should we do? Well, here's four simple suggestions that I have for you today. What we should do about this perspective of God being our provider. First, let this truth inform how we look at God and how we view ourselves. So if God is our provider, that means that God is good, God is generous, God is trustworthy, and 
It means that I need to be a good steward of what God has provided me. I need to look at my time, my energy, my money, my relationships, my abilities. Look at them as God gifts that are for me and choose to be a good steward of that. Now, second, what should we do? Here's what I'm suggesting. Just really practical today, straight away, write out at least one truth that God being your provider carries. Okay, so if just one truth, and let me just give you an example of that. God is the source of my life. God gives me the best gifts because he loves me. God gives me the best gifts because he loves me. Write it down. Think about it. Pray about it. Ask yourself questions about it. Let it get into your system. Apply your reasoning to it. Apply your emotions to it. Include it in your conversation with God, in your conversations with other people. Write down one truth that you take away from all these scriptures, all these questions, everything that we've just gone through. Write down one truth about God being your provider. Number three, pray about this truth. Ask God to help you understand its implications. So if God is my provider, what does that mean to me? And I start to think through what that means. That means that the name that is on the deposit into my bank account for my job, that's not my provider. God's the one who has provided that. That channel of resource, that comes from God. So can I overcome anxiety with this truth? Can I press out insecurity with this truth? If I'm thinking through, and this is what the Psalms do over and over, and lately I've been writing about Psalm 31, Psalm 32, Psalm 33, and 34. Um, every day I've been writing a post on benmolman.com. You can look up posts about, about what this means. But you see David wrestling with the implications of what he's learning about God. So pray about the truth of God being your provider and ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand what that means to you. And then lastly, number four, what should we do about this? Choose to trust God with every area of your life. We're coming to a place, I hope, of starting to believe that God is worthy of your trust. And part of what that looks like in your relationship is choosing to trust God with every area of your life. So I hope this has been encouraging to you. I want you to think about it, question it, reason about it. Hey, reach out to Pastor Rebecca or myself by phone, by text, by email, by a Marco Polo app, video message, whatever it is. We want to help you. We want to be supportive to you um, as we learn this. I understand that on each of these issues, there is much to be considered in the way of your personal experiences, what you've gone through and how you feel about those things. Maybe God has got you in a place of wanting to bring healing to hurt that hasn't hasn't come to light yet. Maybe God is wanting to bring healing to unexpressed anger that you have. Maybe God is starting to bring to the surface doubt and questions that you have. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit and He's doing it for your benefit so that you can come to a place of healing, a place of freedom, a place of enjoying your relationship with God and pressing out the effect of guilt or shame. 
listen, we love you, we care about you, we want to help you in this journey. But I believe that this, this, the implications of these truths are, they can be life-changing. I believe that God loves you, God your creator, and God your provider. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, for all that you have done for us. Thank you that we can ask you questions, that we can grow in our understanding of you, of our relationship with you, that we can get closer to you. I thank you. You saved us because you love us. Thank you for your provision. Help us to have gratitude lists and moments of thanking you for all that you have provided. And let us experience your presence, O God, the Holy Spirit, in those moments. Thank you for it, for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, grace and peace to you. Have a great week.